unstoppable kick-ass confidence. Are you ready? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush, where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Now please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Raw and Unscripted Show. I am your host, Christopher Rausch, and you're at your place where I help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. And we are excited to be here with you guys again for another video broadcast and audio podcast. We appreciate you guys being here, whether you're live or on the replay. Uh, truth be told, we started here just a little bit late because uh, yours truly got stuck at a restaurant. We were celebrating my mother-in-law's birthday, truth be told, and we were having a delay in getting the check signed off. So we just scooted in here just crazy like sideways and just having a good time so we appreciate you guys being here we've already got uh greg in the house what's up greg thank you for being here buddy i appreciate you man it's gonna be a great conversation of course he's gonna he's saying hey to patty who i'm gonna be bringing on here just a, uh, just a minute but thank you guys all for being here and just a just a just a couple of quick words for you guys before i bring patricia on and then also we bring our amazing guest on and just have this great conversation which by the way you guys are a part of um just want to re reiterate to everybody in case you've been living under a rock this fall September, October, my memoir, my life story is going to be out. Uh, it is called It's Just You and Me, Kid. It's the story of a mother and son survival on the streets of California. Uh, it's my life's work. It's been something that I've been pouring over for the last three years, and I'm excited for everybody to get it. And I know there's a lot of you out there who have said that, God, Chris, when this book comes out, I want to know about it. So what I would love to offer you the opportunity to do is to go get on the advanced pre-sale communication list. So we want to make it a number one bestseller. It will be a number one bestseller, but I need your help with that. So go over to www.itsjustyouandmekid.com. It's just you and me kid.com. Go there, put your name and put your name and your email in there. And what you will get is all sorts of bonuses for helping me make it a number one bestseller by buying it on that first day. There's a bunch of bonuses you'll see there on the website. And if you can think of any other bonuses that would make it even sweeter, I would love to entertain those because together we can make this happen. I know with all my heart that this is going to be a movie one day. So I want you guys to be on the forefront of this to help me make it a number one bestseller get it out there for everybody else to see. So it's just you and me kid.com get over there and get your bonuses and everything else. And I will see you when that book is published. So thank you guys for being here with that. And, um, we got to Robert broker in the house. What's up, Robert? Thank you brother for being here. He says, greetings, Christopher and Greg. We appreciate you being here. And without any further ado, we've been having a lot of fun. If you've been, uh, if you've been following us the last couple of weeks, normally here on the raw and unscripted show, I don't have a co-host. I do that on the unfiltered experience, of course, with my buddy, Scott Goyette, but, uh, because I love this person so dearly, we've been having a blast the last couple of weeks uh she being my co-host and then interviewing these amazing people that she knows in her world and sharing those gifts with you guys out there in video land and audio land so please welcome to the raw and scripted show my dear dear friend patty what's going on patty thank you for being here my sweetheart how are you doing beautiful hello 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 um i'm super hoping that i might be on here twice because i think i'm echoing um, okay are you still doing it here let me try to kick you off that other one uh let's see what happens um let's see, try that oops well, i'm back i'm back where did she go technical there it is there she is are you back now and you know more no more no more oh, echo let's try. yeah i think this is it okay it's me. there we go Hello. we had two we had two patties we had a patty we had a patricia you should actually do that we could actually do like a you could do your sister and do like your evil twin yeah. or something like that. i'm in that sounds cool I love your hair. You got the little side sideways ponytail. What's going on with that? Listen, this country? is like a hip hop thing, right? So I had to be like in the vibe for Dio. So yeah. Nice. <laughs> 
Nice, nice, nice. We got uh, Johanna, my sister from another mister. Uh, Johanna says, not sure if it went through. I'm not sure what that means, but uh, thank you, Johanna, for being here. Miss Puerto Rico, my beautiful sister. She is an amazing soul. Guys, make sure you connect with her. Get Jacqueline Rose in the house. What's up? She says, hey, Christopher, how is it going? Glad to be here. Thank you, Jacqueline Rose, for being here. It's going to be an incredible conversation. And Patty, my dear friend, uh, talk to us about uh, what's going on in your world, how people can connect with you, because I don't think we've done a good job with making sure that people can connect with you. And then by all means, introduce our amazing guest. Alrighty then. So yes, I am super excited to, uh, you know, there's a few things going on. We're working on a documentary that's going to be happening soon. And uh, I recently was um, named top 10 contemporary artist for world of art and masters of today. So that's, that's been a happening thing. And uh, thank you. And then, uh, you know, there's a few other little things cooking in the in the in the background. But in the meantime, uh, of course, Lotus 97.7 is is still thriving and working on some paintings for um, a restaurant in Orlando. And yeah, Derek what Green. Kind of, so you're so going to paint him especially for, be, for the restaurant? Yeah, we're going to have to get him on the show one day, too. So um, moving forward, though, I am super excited to share that tonight's guest is D.O. Gibson, Dwayne. And I don't even know where to begin because, you know, you you literally, literally need to have a book of, of accomplishments, but we'll get into that with him. But he is a hip hop Canadian uh, rapper. He uh, actually did something pretty amazing. He has a Guinness World Record for freestyled nine hours of rapping hip hop in 2003. Wow. I know that's a wow. Um, not even sure how anybody could even can even do that. I think about, you know, doing something for an hour or two hours, but that's over the top. We're going to dig into that. That's for sure. Yeah. He hails from Saskatchewan with Cape Breton roots, which he'll, I know, I know he's going to share some of that with us. Um, he's definitely made some huge strides in the music industry and, uh, also the author of two books and, uh, I guess there's more that we can share, but why don't we just, um, Dio's in the house. What's up? Welcome to Ron and scripted brother. How are you doing this evening? Thank you for, thank you for, oh, yeah. being, thank you for being here with us. To be here. Come roll. Sure. <laughs> Looking forward to this. Thank you for being here. Yeah. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Just chilling. I uh, just did a show earlier today and then came back and cooked some jerk chicken. Turned out really nice. You know, had some leftover Ooh, nice. rice and peas and a macaroni pie, so it went well with it. Put it in the air fryer. <laughs> you feel you feel, you, you, feel, you finish that off with a nice Chianti, right? I don't even know. Right, I, I should have. <laughs> now I'm just on the tea. You know, got to keep the voice good. So, so there you go. No, we appreciate you being here. I just want to grab this one real quick thing for uh, for Greg says, Christopher, do you remember me? Yes, of course I remember you. I remember you playing drums, dude. Yes, 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 yes. So, anyways, without any further ado, so uh, Dio, thank you for being here. One of the one of the questions I have for you actually is what Patty was talking about in your intro, talking about breaking that Guinness Book of World Record. I actually just got. It's funny you should, you guys mentioned that because I just got to help my friend uh, break the Guinness World Guinness World Record for live streaming. So he just the work record for live streaming continuously was 30 was 53 hours and one minute and he went 56 hours and 20 minutes and so i was actually a part of that i was actually live on the air with him and we're actually we're writing a book from that segment so talk to us about what inspired you to do that what was that like you know mentally preparing for that i think the thing for me was 
I realized I wasn't a battle rapper. So I grew up in Sarnia, Ontario, which is on the border to Michigan. Yep. So some of my earliest memories in hip hop are going to Maurice Malone's clothing store. And that store is the same store that's kind of recreated in Eminem's Eight Mile. Yeah. So I remember coming up at that time when Eight Mile comes out and Eminem's a popular artist, but everybody wants to battle. And I realized that's not my strength is I'm not good at tearing down people. It's just oh, not good. who I am. I mean, I just met you like some days, Chris, somebody will say, OK, battle me right now. I don't know anything about you. Like, what am I going to insult you about your guitars in the background? Right. <laughs> like, and make a joke out of it. It's like, so um, my friends just said, D, you can rap for a long time. I bet you could set a Guinness World Record. And we emailed Guinness and they gave me the rules to it. And I was the first one to do it. So uh, it was just a cool way to also differentiate me. Thank you from other rappers that are just trying to battle and trying to compete because I believe that you're only competing with yourself. So, so one thing that is interesting about you is, and I've known you for, for a while, but it's this, you have this infectious smile and this, yeah, look at you. You can't even stop yourself. (laughs) And this charismatic way. And I know that like going back to rappers and, and the, they're really sort of like your badass, like your photograph, you know, you see the guys, you know, Snoop Dogg, like, giving you the mm-hmm. face and and in the very beginning i think you tried to do that i think mm-hmm. you were sort of like making that and then you realized that you, you didn't like it did you so you flirted with a shift in your you know your character personality your persona share with me a little bit about that because that's really vital to who that's you cool. have become. yeah it's you know i had a rapper by the studio last week and we were talking and it's it's funny because it reminded me of me 20 years ago. Right. Because when he's saying things like, it feels like to be popular, you have to be this style or talk about this or that in your raps. And now I'm just like, that's just not true. And, and I hear it from people almost every day that like, you got to do this to be popular. And what I realize it's really about finding your niche. Yeah. And that's what success is. And, you know, when I look back at the music that I grew up on, it's rappers that were themselves that like, I listened to NWA. I listened yeah. to Easy e and Dr. Dre and Ice-T. Mm-hmm. But I also listened to Common Sense in yeah. Chicago. And I listened to Biggie and, and tell his story. And I think rap is really about telling your story. So mm-hmm. I realized I have to tell my story. So when I do a photo shoot and I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, that's not me. Like, why don't I smile in a photo? Because... You know, I didn't see a lot of rappers doing that. But then I said, oh, this is a good way to carve out who I am. Exactly. I love that. So so what inspired you to write the lyrics that you write? You know, talk to us about some of what 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 some of the songs are, are all about and what it is that you really want to get across to your listeners. It's funny because the older you get doing music, like I've come out with nine, ten albums. So it's like when I sit down and write a song, I want it to be about something. You know, yeah. like I don't, I don't want to just be like, hey, we're partying in the summer. But I like to write that song, too. (laughs) But um, so like the latest song I just came out with on Friday is called Appreciate You. And it was inspired by my mother. And when I heard the beat, I was in Dominican Republic and Dominican Republic and Socrates sent me the beat. Legendary Canadian producer. And I just felt like, oh, I got to write a good song to this because 
I pride myself now not just being a rapper, but being a songwriter. So the song is about my mother, but it's not just about my mother. It's about kids who were raised by mothers that aren't the same color as you, because my mm -hmm. mother's white. Nice. But she taught me how to be a black man. And then the second verse, I'm gonna talk about black women in my family that helped me. And I got my man Jordan singing the chorus. So I think it's, it's cool that we just came up with it on Mother's Day weekend. But you know, to kind of answer your question is, you know, I love having fun with songs because I'm a freestyler. I like to flow, but it's also cool to make songs that mean something. Yeah. So do you remember at the Archangel event when you walked in and, and you did, and I was getting ready to go on the stage and you did that little rap. Do you remember right. that? I do. I'd just been there for five minutes and they got <laughs> me on stage. I, I wasn't planning to go on stage. <laughs> well, well. Yeah, that was very cool. So one thing about your your world is that, you know, from your background, you really want to make a difference, not just in music, but in the mm -hmm. hearts and minds of of potentially future musicians, future authors, future dreamers. And you've taken that to a place where it's life changing. And have you actually visited like a thousand schools? Is this the truth? No. That's not true. Now? I'm at 3,600 now. I knew it. <laughs> Damn, that's awesome. <laughs> now, I, wow. I had to say it as a joke, but uh, yeah, it's, um, but it's, yeah, it's a great uh, blessing to be able to go to schools every day. And um, Is this the stay-driven program? It's the stay-driven program. And, okay. you know, a lot of the times I'm talking about anti-bullying. I'm talking yep. about Black Canadian history. And then, you know, I'm just talking about mental health and leadership. And one of the key things I focus on is surrounding yourself amongst the right group of people. Yeah. Because I don't care if you're in grade three, grade seven, 11, university, or our age. I think it's really about, you know, as Jim Rohn says, it's the five people you surround yourself with. So choose Amen. wisely. Choose wisely. Mm -hmm. so, so talk to us about that. Talk to us about growing up and who were some of the most influential people in your life that got you to be the man that you are today? Well, growing up, I was in Stratford, Ontario, well known as the place of Justin Bieber. But the way I fell in love with hip hop is by watching music videos. Yeah. And it was Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. It was Will Smith. Parents just don't understand. Before he had a TV show. Mm -hmm. And my dad took me out to my first concert. And I was 12 years old and De La Soul opened. So classic yeah. hip hop. Mm -hmm. But I say Fresh Prince because he taught me about storytelling. But I also say LL Cool J because I love Mama Said Knock You Out. And I mm -hmm. loved how he could say that without swearing. I thought that was cool. But Naughty By Nature was great because they could make catchy songs too. Yeah. But then you get into your Wu-Tang and you know Nas, and that kind of inspires you from that point on. That is awesome. Mm. So, so you, your actual world is is so complicated and and it and it is complicated because you you are a producer you're also you know you've written these two books and and i have to tell you like i i'm a lucky girl because i actually huh. in addition to that yeah that's right I, you know i've I got my that. copy and and that's right oh, that's right yeah. i love what you've said here your energy is infectious and i i think mm. you know that's just a huge reflection of you um you started this 
change in the world with um, Northern Power Summit. I want you mm. to tell everybody about that because this was a huge deal in this country. And, you know, while we certainly have a lot of Canadians, we have a lot of Americans and, and you do travel everywhere in the world. So talk to, talk to us and share with us about what happened. Like, what did you do? Sure. Yeah, I got to start from saying, like, like I said, there was a rapper at my house last week and he was mm -hmm. saying, like, I think the way I got to come up is go to the States. And when I was coming up, it was go to the States. But, you know, the States is a very big place. <laughs> like, you you got to define like New York or L.A. or Atlanta or whatnot. And then you're going to have to deal with a lot of people from there. So I said to myself, I learned about a music conference in France in the south of France in Cannes. And I kept on going back and I would make friends with people who ran music conferences in the Netherlands and music festivals in Croatia. And then I would go to those and I would, you know, just make more connections. And, you know, I'd go to Taiwan and Singapore. And from doing that, I said, one of the key ways I can give back to my community is to put on an event so that you guys get a chance to perform and you don't have to pay to perform like at most music conferences. Right. I'll pay you and I'll bring in people that can help you get out to some of these territories. So it, it's great when I see a rapper saying like, yo, D, man, I'm just going out to the Netherlands. Like, yo, I'm just going out to Singapore. You know, my boy just messaged me, I'm just going out to Japan. And I think that's really important because it empowers artists to realize it's not somebody else coming along and finding you. It's mm -hmm. you're empowering yourself. So when I bring a music licensing person, they can put your music directly in a TV show. They don't need you to be signed up to this or that. They just made that connection with you. And it might only be for a few hundred dollars, but at the same time, a few hundred dollars means something to a young artist because mm -hmm. they know their songs playing in there and they know that they have some points. So maybe that song gets played a lot or maybe somebody finds it on Spotify because it was in that show. And um, some of my biggest songs are just because they were in a TV show. Wow. What, wow. what kind of TV shows have they, have, they, have they been in? Letter Kenny has been the big one and Degrassi, Canadian wow. favorite. Yeah. Or like Walmart commercials or Orville Redenbacher popcorn, Chevrolet. Amazing. Yeah. That is awesome. So when you when you think about stay driven, and I love that. I'm actually like you. I go out and and uh, talk to at risk kids and mentor at risk kids here locally in my own neighborhood. Um, when you talk about stay driven, what tell us about a time in your life where you were kind of pushed back to the wall, where you had to stay driven yourself, and talk to us about what mindset you had to get into to be able to be successful out of that situation. Yeah, I guess um, I don't know. I don't know if I go old school or new school or just. Um, I guess I go with. When I graduated from university, I felt good, you know, I graduated. But now I had to realize what rapping as a career really meant. Because in my mind, it meant, you know, I, I can make my own CD, I could sell it, I could make, you know, if I sell a thousand CDs, I make $10,000. But to actually do it, I realized it's a lot more complicated. I had to learn yeah. about marketing and how to have a plan of how to tour. And I wanted to shoot a music video and I invested in my own music video. And it was done on film, which back then was pretty cool to do it on film, you know, in 2001. Because if you, you shot it on a digital camera, it just would look off. 
But when I did the video, everybody was really happy. Except the day after, when everybody was like, I don't know if it's going to turn out okay. And I remember that was that? a tough, just like, because it's a professional video shoot, my friends don't understand how a video shoot's going to look. Gotcha. And is this going to look corny? Because if it looks corny, then like we want to kind of blame them right now. <laughs> and because like, I like running inside jokes. So does some of the stuff look corny? Sure. But I feel like you look back at that video 20 years from now and I'm like laughing like it's, it's corny and but funny. Yeah. Right? So it's, yeah. I'm just, you got to have fun with yourself. Right. But so I, I just remember, I just remember at that point just feeling like, like did I mess up? How am I going to do this? How am I going to pull this off? I'm not from Toronto. I'm trying to compete with people in Toronto. What's going to happen? So um, bottom line is I dropped the music video at Much Music. And then next week it was in rotation. And it was right beside Michael Jackson's new video for Butterflies. <laughs> so that felt good. Wow. wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Congrats on Thank that. You. So I want to ask a quick question about, because the whole lingo around the music industry and especially especially what you do to me, it's like, it's a whole new world. You know, it's like, whatever you get into a sport and you have to learn, like, what does this mean? What does that mean? So mm -hmm. I'm interested in, like you talk about when people are young musicians are starting and you mentioned the word um, beats. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm not familiar with any of this, but my understanding is, and this is also something I think I picked up from your book that you would pay between $50 to $500 for a beat. And then you would, and then you, you discuss the next steps. Can you explain seriously to everybody? Because I can't be the only ignorant person here. Sure. What does that really mean? Like a beat? Like I know a beat, like I, I get it, but what are you talking about for this? I think because rap runs so unconventionally. Okay. So, you know, like I might have a friend who plays a guitar and me and him just jam and I sing and I rap and he plays the guitar and we make music together. So if we come out with a song, we're a band or maybe it's just my name and you played the music, but I would just think, Hey, let's split it 50, 50. Right. But in hip hop, it doesn't work like that. Okay. So in hip hop, the rapper seeks out a producer, listens to their beats. Uh, I might meet somebody and they send me 20 beats. And I say, I like this one and that one. And then I pay them. And it could be $250. It could be $1,000 for a lot of rappers. It's $25,000. But I argue against just the premise of that in the sense that, so I'm paying for the beat. I'm paying to go to the recording studio. I'm paying to get it mixed. I'm paying for the publicist. I'm paying for an Instagram ad. I'm paying all for the music video. And then when the song gets money, then we split it 50-50. But I've already just put some yeah. money in. Right. So, And sometimes it's fine because a producer is also spending a lot of money on music equipment. And a lot of times producers work with rappers that say they're going to do a song and then they never do it. So I'm not blaming producers, but I think it's more beneficial to develop a relationship with a producer so that you can trust them so that maybe I bought that beat from you, but then I, I recorded the song and 
it's not going to make any money. Yeah. But can I work with you again? And maybe I can find you a sync deal and put our song in a TV show. Because I appreciate that producers have come back to me and said they want to work with me because I've either publicized the song or maybe I, I just hit them up and said, hey, we're going to be in this TV show. So, uh, yeah. but it's, it is difficult to navigate those waters. Definitely. So one more little story that I'd like you to, to explain is, I think you said you had very few regrets in your life, but there was one mm -hmm. regret about when you were younger and there was a certain person who, you know, was young as well. I think his name was started with a D. Drake. Uh -huh. Oh, and, Drake. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> totally blanked out. <laughs> Jog his memory. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and apparently. Yeah, yeah. Now nah, nah, I'm good. You met him. And then I guess mm. he must have walked up to you and said, we should work together one day. And you were playing PlayStation or Nintendo or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay, I got to hear this. I know. Okay. Yeah, because Slack of the Beach Out is my musical partner. So, like, I don't. Okay. I don't buy beats from him. It's just like my brother. We make music together in a group. Okay. But uh, you know, I always make sure he's compensated. <laughs> like I'm not saying that. But um, I remember he was saying to me, I'm just starting to work with this rapper and I think it'd be cool if you mentor him. And I knew who Drake was from being on the TV show and, and seeing him at the mall in Toronto at Yorkdale. Yeah. But then when he came by the studio, it was nice to just kick it with him. And he's a nice guy. He's a nice kid. Like, I think he was younger than me and he's just a nice guy. But because he'd come by very often and him and Slacker worked a lot because Slacker helped mix and produce a lot of his first big mixtape comeback season mm -hmm. and his first commercial release um, that was on BET replacement girl. So I just remember like playing video games with him and letting him be in the studio sometimes when it's my time. But one day when he just said like, yo D man, we got to do a track. And I was like, yeah, yeah, we'll get around to it. No problem. <laughs> but um, it never fully happened. I do have a song with Drake that oh. I haven't released. It's a cover. Oh. But um, it would have been nice to take advantage of that creative situation. But, um, but it's at the same time, it's just really cool to see somebody that you know that you've like just hung out with and just been cool yeah. have like international incredible fame. And yeah navigate through it all like you don't hear his name in the papers of like oh drake's an asshole or like drake's done this or like he's going off the deep end now he's mm -hmm. really been able to keep it cool he's solid i respect that yeah, yeah. He's solid. I mean, that's, I mean, that's the thing that's been for me in the music industry. I mean, before, I mean, I love music. I actually wanted to be a yeah. rock star, but that's another story. But I actually interned at Virgin Records here in Southern California at Beverly yeah. Hills, the Virgin Records office. Yeah. And I worked there for six months. And I was shocked at what I thought the music industry was going to be about and what the players were about. And I'd read all these books about, you know, the A&R guys do this and the marketing people do this and the yeah. press, right? You know, all, all the different entities of, of music. And at the end of it, they offered me a job to work there. And I sat there and I thought about it. And I was in the trucking industry uh, industry at that point. And I'm like, oh, my God, I thought this would be the panacea to go work for Virgin Records and work in the publicity department. I met Eddie Vedder before he was even before he was even thinking about Pearl Jam. I mean, I met all these people, had all this great time. And I sat there and I thought, 
nope, I'm not going to do it. And I let it go because there were so many drugs and so much egos and so much bullshit in there. What has it been like for you to, as you've come up the ranks, you know, in a different place and time than I did, what has the music industry surprised you the most that you thought was one way, but is actually another? That it's really about relationships. Because yeah. when you say that at the business side of it, when you get into it, you're just like industry people, like an industry person. It's like it's like a foreign person. It's like an alien, right? Like, oh, they're an industry person. But like I said, I started going to music conferences and just started realizing like, hey, he's just a cool guy. I'm just a cool woman. I mean, we could sit down and chat and talk about this and see how your family's doing. And oh, but like, Dio, you should come out to uh, Germany. Oh, yeah. Why is that? You like Germany? Yeah, I think it might be good for you like that. And like to have a relationship like that is something I didn't expect. Yeah. And then with other artists, it's like when you go on the road with somebody, you become close with them. Mm. You know, like you get to know if they have a girl or a wife or kids or, you know, if they have a boyfriend, whatever it is. And it's nice having those relationships with people because when you follow up with them, you're not just calling them or emailing them just about, hey, yeah. I got a new song. But it's like, hey, how's it going? You know, like, how you doing? It's like, uh, maybe we should do a song, just excuse to hang out again. Right. And I, I think that's the thing. I didn't realize in the beginning that it, I would be able to form so many strong relationships with great people. So Keith Beautiful. Mullins, your, your friend from Cape Breton, I mean, you started something now. I, I think it's pretty cool. Um, it's a little bit of a, a different twist. I want to say that. I what, how, talk to us about that. Like, what you're feeling? Like, where's that going? Uh, story really starts at my first East Coast Music Awards. Now, okay. my family is from Nova Scotia. They're from Cape Breton. Now, Chris, do you know much about Nova Scotia? Uh, I have a friend that lives up there, and that's about all I know, that it's cold as balls there. Okay. <laughs> Nova Scotia music is infused by like Scottish and Gaelic and Irish wow. music and singer-songwriters, but it also has a strong community of Black people that came from the Underground Railroad and settled there. So I'm a fifth-generation Canadian on my Black side, which is, isn't very common if you live in Toronto. Mm -hmm. Most people here would be, oh, I'm from Jamaica. I'm from Ghana. You know, like, it's first generation. So you have that. But um, the East Coast Music Awards it all comes together, all genres come together. And so one night I'm hanging out and I meet this woman and we're just talking about music. She tells me I should meet her son. So I meet Keith Mullins. I'm supposed to meet him at a music award show, the Nova Scotia Music Awards, six months later. And just before we meet, he calls me and he says, I can't make it, I'm delayed. He's up for an award. Children's Artist of the Year. Oh. So he says to me, D, if I get the award, will you go accept it on my behalf? Wow. Ooh. Okay, so Quite I've never honor. met him. I never met him. <laughs> I just met his mother. So anyways, what do you know? He wins the award. I got to walk up all the way to the front, <laughs> and the president is like, D, what are you doing? I'm like, I got this. <laughs> I just take out my phone and say some names. But that's how we started up our friendship. Okay. And during COVID, 
we would do Zoom sessions and he'd just bring out his guitar and play. And I would just rap and freestyle. And then we would just kind of come up with an idea for a song. And I went out to Nova Scotia and he, he was like, are, are we coming to the studio tonight? And I said, no, nah, man, my cousin's coming up. Why don't we just hang out? So he came over to a hotel. We hung out. We went out on the town, met some good Nova Scotian people. But I said to him that night, like, we can always write these songs Zoom. But when we're together, let's have a good time. Right. Like, let's, let's figure out what the songs are going to be about. So last year, we came up with a song called Getting Back Out East. And because my cousin was there, we'd also talked about that night, wouldn't it be good to do a family reunion in the summer here? So we shot the music video on a boat. And my parents are on the boat. A lot of my cousins are on the boat. <laughs> Keith is on the boat playing his guitar. And Morgan Tony, a 22-year-old indigenous fiddle player from where my grandmother's from, is out there laying on his back playing the fiddle. Nice. So we got folk, singer, songwriter, and hip hop. Wow. Sorry to take a long way with the story, but I had to give it to you the truth. And that's why you're the free fallers. Is that right? Yeah, we're the free fallers. That was the name of our first song together. Okay. Um, free falling on a feeling. So we just went with that. You can't overthink the name for a group, right? <laughs> no. mm -hmm. You know how like you try, like, and you try to put some weird things together, and it's like, if it just sounds right, just go with it. Mm -hmm. Like a basket full of puppies. A basket full of puppies. I think that's a perfect name for a punk band. A basket full of puppies. I love it. Go I yeah. rock with it. I rock with it. Exactly. So one of the things that I had to do, Dio, when I was sitting there and, and Patricia was uh, introducing me to you and, and and everything was going on, was I wanted to figure out what Dio was what was what Dio was about. I know your name's Dwayne, but talk to us about Defy the Odds. When 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 does that become most important to you? And what advice do you have to people who are watching this right now, who are feeling at their wits end? I was talking to somebody the other day, and they said their friends are just feeling like they're going to go out insane. And I talked to somebody else, and they said their friends feel like they're going insane. A lot of people are trying to 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 keep it all together. Talk to us about how people people can defy the odds in their life. I always think it's funny when I do a, a show for kids. One of the first things I say is DO stands for defy the odds. But does anybody know what that means? Because I hear so many different answers. Yeah. And you hear like anything's possible. And but then you hear like kids go into like just ranting and and but I'm like, ah, you're right. Because I say to defy the odds starts with a dream. And on the screen, I put a picture of me when I was seven years old, going to my class picture with a Superman shirt on. Nice. With, with a towel on my back. <laughs> Can't believe my mom let me pay, uh, play that off. But I think it's important for people to connect back to those early dreams that you had. Mm -hmm. Because when I say to those kids, how many people here have a dream? Uh, if I'm in a group of kindergarten to grade five, it's 100%. Grade six to grade eight, 40%. Um, high school kids, 20%. But when I see 20%, I say, I was at a school this morning, because usually I was, and I asked them that same question. And then they're like, you're right. So to defy the odds means really, when I'm asking that one kid, the question of what it means to defy the odds. Mm -hmm. It means to put your hand up in front of a big group when you don't know if it's an actual Webster's dictionary definition, 
but it takes courage and it takes to be brave. And we're living in a tough world. And a lot of people are going through things that we have no idea. Yeah, People are still dealing with things from COVID. And it's just like, it's hard to actually do the work. Yeah. But I think we all need to be reminded sometimes. Mm-hmm. Just keep on going day by day. So talking Thank about you. doing the work, one of the one of the great things about you is that you have always, you know, you like people come to you and they ask you for advice. And, you know, do you think I should do this or or what's the date of that event? And I and that that's the thing that makes you crazy because it's like, yeah, do you have a computer? Can you Google that and, and get the answer? What can I help you actually do? But the coolest thing I remember that you had said was, um, and this goes, I think it's a huge lesson for people. You've written hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of of pages and pages mm-hmm. of, of writing. I mean, you have volumes yeah. of writing. But you always say reading what you write means mm-hmm. you respect your work. And and I think, you know, when you when you said that, it's you go back over and you edit and you re rethink what it is that you said. But the essence of what you said was was really, really important because then you re-respect yourself for the Mm -hmm. work that you've done. And I think that's evidenced in the music and in the lyrics that, you know, I've listened to a lot of your music. So I I know you've spent crafted time. And that's I think to to the world out there, you know, you you do need to pay attention and and you are a detailed person. So I I love that. What what else do you want to add to that? Like, what would you say? Hey, to you? Thank, you, thank you for saying that because it's like when you work on your craft, sometimes you're so immersed in it that um, sometimes we're so hard on ourselves that True. we might write something and then we're like, ah, that's nothing. And sometimes you were writing something that you go back and read and you're like, hmm, actually, I was feeling that way that day. But like, I think it's kind of cool that I thought about it this way or like. I don't know how it is for you, Patricia, but like maybe you're painting and maybe you're not feeling good that day, but you're still doing it. Yeah. You're still going through those actions. So, I mean, I don't know what it is, Chris, but it's just me and you, kid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how it feels like, uh, like, can you, um, how does it feel now that you're coming out with this book to go back and read what you wrote? Oh, and kind of realize the position you were in, but then at the same time be like, sometimes take some of that emotion out and put it in with something new and refining it, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's all true. And, and to your point, that's a great point. There's been a lot of healing that has happened through the process of writing this book to be able to see things in the perspective of what my mother was trying to do and what mm-hmm. she was experiencing as a person of her own, uh, some of her experiences, right? My mom used to tell me that she was often four years old. I'm like, mom, no, you're a grown ass woman. Start acting like it. And then it wasn't until I sat there and I thought, I go, what did she go through when she was four years old? Oh, that's when her parents split up. Oh, that's mm. when she had to go live with her mom. That's when she was physically and mentally abused herself. Might I be like my mother if I had been through all of her experiences? Yes. And it caused me to kind of look at things and reshape things. So actually part of the book, the God's honest truth at the end of each chapter, it's called uh, lessons and retrospects and retrospectives and lessons. And so basically now I'm looking at it from being a grown man, going through this experience of being homeless 
with a different set of eyes. So I'm able to walk mm -hmm. that, that reader through that process for themselves and whatever animosity or anger or resentment they might have for their parents, be able to sit there and say, wow, I didn't think about it that way. So it's a self-improvement book without being a self-improvement book, hopefully. Right, exactly. Because, you know, I think it's really important to tell stories yes. as opposed to come out and preach. And, and my, my father's a preacher, but I, I mean, my, my father's a storyteller. Yeah. Is you tell the story and that's how you get the message. So it's not like you got to come out and say, this is a self-help book. It's like, hear my story. Here's what I learned. And hopefully you can grow from it. I think that's the effective way we learn. Love that. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Chris, do you think it's time that we should put up a, let people yeah. hear something about. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. Let's do that. Music? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is based on the, this is based on popular request from our very own Patricia. So if you would allow me the opportunity for this, let's see if we could just go ahead and do this real quick. Um, ba, 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 and ba, 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 ba. You guys hear that? No. Chris, we can't hear it. It never gets out. I feel it calling in the air. Hey, yo, it might change like this, but it never gets out. We've been doing this since we hustle and flow. Oh, no, I just figured I'd add to it. So Chris is moving along to it, but I don't think our <laughs> listeners can hear it. So we can't hear it, Chris. What do you what do you guys think? That's uh we that's pretty badass. We had no sound. You had no sound? You didn't tell me that. Oh, I thought it was I did. like we were trying to tell you. Oh Jesus Christ, woman. Well, that's weird because it should have it should actually had sound. Hang on. Well, let me try this one more time. That's, I thought it had sound. Oh my god, how embarrassing. How embarrassing. It says share audio. Um, let's see. Let's try this one more time. Okay. Let's tell me if there is audio now. Okay. Hang on. I'm feeling in my soul. Yes. Okay. Sorry about that. And we stay fresh like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. It might change a little bit, but it never gets old. They say it's hard out here, but we hustle and flow. Ain't no matter the weather, man, we out in the cold. Can't stop, won't stop, and it's on with the show. That's all I know. How could I retire and quit? When I kill it every time, and never tired of it. It's the type of feeling when you get inspired to work. And take over the game like Heisenberg. I feel Russell with the hustle. We do our thing. Never any problems, it's cool in the game. See, ain't nothing changed. Same crew I hang. Since I came in the game, bumping Wu-Tang. It's clockwork to the day we stop to get. Same story, only thing to plot to get. It ain't a trend over face, it never goes out of style. Cause we've been doing this for a while. So I'ma go out and I'ma be a freaking party on the weekend. Can these beats still doing these shows at home on the road? That I gotta say, guys, is infectious. That is infectious. Yeah. Talk to talk to us about uh, that, that jam right there, man. Well, the cool thing, excuse me, about that song is it's produced by Classified, who's from Nova Scotia. And he's a Canadian hip-hop legend. He's one of the only people I know can tour across this country. He's done phenomenal with music. But the featured artist on there is Maestro Fresh West. 
was the first big Canadian rapper. Mm. So, you know, his song that he came out with in 1989 was the most popular rap song for 25 years until Drake came along. And it wasn't even close. They call him the Godfather. So (laughs) what you're seeing is us going back to my own small hometown. He's from Toronto. We're going to Sarnia, population 60,000. And he's flying into the small airport. We're going to a man cave at my buddy's house, you know. We're going to 7-Eleven and down by the water and just old things that we used to do when we're high school kids because it never gets old. Hanging out with your old friends it never gets old. Mm-hmm. Being a rapper at that point in my 30s, you know, it was like, hey, I'm still rapping in my 30s. It never gets old. Now I'm in my 40s. <laughs> never gets old. Never gets old. <laughs> love it. Love it. That was, a, that was a jam and jam right there. Yeah. So, uh, so tell me something. When you think about your life and you think about the lyrics that you've written and you think about the people that have come in across your path, what is some of the best advice you think about looking back on your life? What is some of the best advice you've been given? And what advice would you give to young people who are watching this, com- this communication right now? I always think it's funny when somebody comes up and tells me a song that they like that they listen to because it doesn't just have to be the songs where you're like really telling like a deep message. It could come across on other songs. Cause I mean, I came on a song a couple of years ago called we lit. It's kind of, kind of got a Kanye West feel to it. And my man, Mitchell Bailey sings on the chorus and he says, my comeback is my best, but like, I'm not even coming back now, but it's just like, when I talk to a kid at high school and he's like, man, I was going through a lot last summer. And he's like, I still feel like my comeback is my best. And I haven't even left. And so it's like, yeah, I didn't think that that would affect somebody, but it's cool that it does. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, one of my central messages to kids is to have an outlet. My outlet was music, being able to write a rap, but not just write a rap. I, consume music where like I'm rapping in the mirror to other rappers kind of feeling what they're going through and how it relates to me. So I think that's the cool thing is, is just knowing that uh, I can teach kids that find your outlet, whether Mm -hmm. it's music or whether it's sports or dance or art or gymnastics, but like try to find something in that. And um, I think that's really a key for young people, but for, anyone is sometimes we all have to get back to you know what our outlet is Mm. so what does the next what's the next huge big thing that that you would like to aspire to achieve like is there a goal is there something that's sitting out there on that bucket list and you're like you know what i really want to do it's this yeah i mean i just like doing um events and looking forward to going to events you know I love coming out to the Grammys, for instance, Chris, mm-hmm. like, and uh, I've gone six times. Now this year we didn't do an event, but in the past we've put on showcases over the weekend and showcasing artists. That's been a lot of fun. What I'm looking forward to next month, I'm doing a charity event. The first time I'm doing one. Nice. In downtown Toronto and doing a concert. And my business partner was telling me like, I think we should charge a little bit more. And then I was like, uh, I don't know if people are going to pay $45 a ticket. 
But then I just said, you know what? You're right. It's a charity event. And so, you know, it's great for people to support. And I also don't want to just do a concert that's just me. I want it to mean something. Yeah. So that's what I'm really looking forward to is we've got six incredible artists on a bill and most of them I don't know. They, my business partner does. But um, for that energy to be in the building and for us at the end of the day to be able to say we're going to give back from this event, I think that's really cool. And I think it could lead to the start of doing more things like that. Yeah. Wow. Hell oh, yeah, you. man. Appreciate it's, it. It's all about making a difference in the world. I mean, that's what I'm all about. That's what Patty's all about. You know, that's why we have these conversations. That's why I started the Raw and Unscripted show was to be able to have conversations every single week that can inspire people to change a little bit about their life that's not working for them in order to be um, a better person of humanity and to go out there and make the world a better place for who they are and what they do. And uh, my last question to you tonight, man, and this has been a great conversation. Thank you again for joining us. Um, like I said before, people are struggling right now. And if you look at the news, which I don't, I don't follow the news. I don't follow politics. But if you take a look at news headlines, you know, it looks pretty bleak. It looks pretty dire out there, especially here in the United States where, where we've got a lot of things going on. Let's just say we're growing in a lot of different ways. When you think about what's going on in the world and you see people struggling, you see people uh, divided, you see people, you know, got to not being treated fairly and equal. What is, what do you say to that? What do you say to those people who are struggling with that, that equality and, and being, bringing that equanimity to, to, to everybody at the table? What are your thoughts on that? I don't know if you can change everybody all at once. Yeah. I just try to change what I can handle myself. Sometimes that's changing myself. But I mean, just like, you know, take this guy, Andrew Tate. And <laughs> I just recently found out about him. I mean, why is it on my daughter's TikTok feed? She's 10 years old and she can tell me more about Andrew Tate than I can. Wow. But, but I can go into a school and I could talk about role models and I could talk about trolls and I could say Andrew Tate and I could see a few kids be like, yeah. And I'm like, no, mm -hmm. no. So. You know, they think it's funny, but I think it's important to show them that's not funny. Huh. And I guess I'm just saying, if I could do that one day, that's, that's a good action. And everybody's reality is different and what people affects them are different. I mean, a Bud Light, I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like it's a big controversy. I, I don't know. Yeah. You know, Donald Trump, he's going to say the same thing he always does. Are we just going to talk about this or are we going to talk about change? Yeah. And change really only starts with what we're actually doing and taking action on. So no, I, I can't raise a hundred million dollars for Los Angeles. Now, maybe I only raise a thousand or $2,000 in Toronto, but Hey, at least I was trying to do something with like-minded individuals. And um, I think that's an important thing because I think it's important to align yourself with people that positive energy. If somebody is watching this news and wants to talk about this and that just in a non-constructive way, I'm just not really interested. Mm -hmm. I'll hear what you have to say, but you can't change people's minds about certain things. So it's like, what can we do as a solution? Exactly. Exactly. Any final questions, Miss Patty? I just want to capture this comment here from uh, our dear friend Marlene. She says, thank you, Dio. Congratulations. Thank you. Very inspirational you, conversation. Yes, I, yes, yes. I love Marlene. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I want to say again, you know, truly 
you know, Dwayne, you're very humble. You, you, you know, I mean, we could have got into a lot more about your accomplishments and, and things. I mean, you are a superstar. You are a rock star. There's no question, you know, the work that you're doing. I mean, if we could really dig deep into what it is that you do when you get into the schools and, you know, there's one of the videos that I've watched where you actually walk into a classroom and the kids are all throwing things around. And I mean, it's so cool. And then it's like, you have this presence. And I think, you know, there has to be a, I'm going to say it out loud. There's a child inside of you because you, yeah. you just absolutely get it. And you can walk into those spaces with um, a, a, a way of actually managing your space and you, you just, you grab the attention, this charisma that you have, but it's just, and again, because the show is, you know, um, so important, it's raw. And I think mm. you carry that rawness with you. It's not camouflaged by, you know, something else or your ego. Mm. And you should have a huge ego because you're a brilliant, brilliant person. And, and, uh, you know, I am around uh. all the time with you, but I want to say, we're so lucky that, you are who you are because all of these, you know, okay, 3,600 schools times 300 <laughs> kids in each school. I mean, you're impacting a lot of, of what the potential of this world is going to be about. So I love you for doing what you do. And I encourage you to continue like being as powerful as you can. I'm so grateful that I'm your friend. And I want to just say thank you so much for being on this show with us because you are amazing. You truly are. Thank you. You're welcome. Mm. And, I, and I'm so glad that I got introduced to you, introduced to your music, uh, and just appreciate you being on here, being real. If there's ever anything that I can do here from Southern California to help support anything you have going on with kids, making a difference in the world, humanity, uh, I'm your dude. I'll definitely want to be appreciate a part of that. So uh, thank you for doing that. Thank you for being a part of that solution because I got one of the greatest things that I got to do in my life was as a homeless dropout who lived on the streets for four years and went through all sorts of hell. To go back to the school that I dropped out of and get to speak to that seventh and eighth grade class was one of the most mm. incredible experiences of my life. It's actually um, a video on my YouTube channel. One of the most proudest experiences of my life to sit there and say, wow, I dropped out of the, the seventh grade as a homeless 13 year old and went through all these horrific experiences to ultimately be back here today to tell you guys, like you guys are going to go through some pretty fucked up shit. I didn't say it like that, but guess what? You're going to make it on the other side and you're not only going to make it, you're going to become better and you're going to be back here talking to these kids when you're older. And I just inspired. I and after after I was done, these kids walk up to me one by one by one, like, thank you. Hey, Chris, I'm at the Olive Crest Children for Society. Hey, Chris, my mom's on crack and I'm living with my grandparents. Hey, Chris, you know, I live in a motel. Hey, kid after kid after kid. And I was just like, oh, my God, it's so crazy. So thank you for doing what you do, because the kids do need uh, need all of us. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's awesome, man. You're doing great work. And thank, thank you for thank having you. me. But uh, can yeah. I ask you guys a question? Absolutely. I'm Ooh. just putting your, I'm putting your social media stuff up here where people yeah, can get a hold of you. Stay driven.com. Of course. And then we also got, uh, I am, uh, you want to, you want to read that? Dio Gibson. Yep. And then your social Gibson. media, your social media. I am Dio Gibson. Yeah. Yeah. I'm cool. dog Wild. Gibson. <laughs> and so you have um, a question for us. Yeah, I do. Because, uh, just to wrap things up. Corny dad joke. That's what I say at my show. I got it. Um, <laughs> I was going to end with a quick freestyle, but to do a freestyle, I need a topic from each of you guys. Now, kids give me the best topics because they get me to rap about cheese or hockey or dinosaurs. Today, they were asking me to rap about equality and defy the odds and your skin color. I was like, okay, it's wow. getting deep. 
Yeah. Then finally a kid said mac and cheese. I said, great. <laughs> but uh, what are the, which uh, topic are you going to give me for the quick one minute rap? Go, okay, buddy. I got it. Okay. Oh, I thought got that it. was it. Drumsticks. <laughs> no. <laughs> drum, drum. It's all about drumming. Come on. Okay. So hers is all about drumming. I'm going to say mine's all about unity. Okay. Ooh. Well, we do it for the community. You ain't fooling me. It's about unity. I don't rap about jewelry. They ain't cool with me. That's tomfoolery. But I come with this. No beat, but you can feel the drum kick when it hitting the drums because you know where from and you're getting the cold because that's how I do. When I come with the soul, I just do it from starters hitting the drums like Travis Barker. It might blink for 182 seconds before you get it because y'all know we on a hustle. But my man Chris said that we all struggle. And... I can see that it's heaven made. Sometimes you gotta go and serve on the lemonade. I used to have a lemonade stand, but I know that it's tough ever since you was in the seventh grade. But you know that it gonna go well. Doesn't matter if you're growing up in a hotel. But one thing that you gotta see if you ever wanna try a real comic alibi. Oh, woo! Ah, I told you this. It's just me and you, kid. That's how Dio spit. Bring that force. Always do it from the north. Because anytime that I kick it, right now we got to go raw like Monday night, WWE. It's unscripted. We rap, we live it. Purifier. I'm going to play play that again with your permission. I'm going to play that again. Oh, for sure. Anytime. That was amazing. Thank you. Thank you again for for being with us. You know, I definitely want to have you back here on the show. And and anytime you got something going on that you're promoting something, hit me up and we'll get you on here and and make it happen. Uh, Patty, thank you so much for introducing us to to, uh, Dio. And thank you, brother, for being here. We're going to place you backstage for a second. Patty and I are going to finish out the show. Don't go anywhere so we can still say thank you. But uh, it's been a pleasure and an honor, man. Thousand percent. Thank you guys so much. Thank and you, thank a big you. up. I love how you're getting big in Hong Kong. I always yeah. have a good time in Lang Wai Fong. Thank you, brother. Wow, Patty. Thank Woo. you, thank you, thank you. I can't believe our three shows are already up. I'm already depressed. I was like looking at, I'm like, oh, I'll talk about who's on next week. And I'm like, my friend Patricia's not going to be here with us. So thank you. What, what were some takeaway moments for you tonight in this conversation with Dio? Uh, well, first one, of course, is that he'd even remember my book, Karmic Alibi. I yeah. Mean, <laughs> he was listening, life. man. That's a, that's a sharp dude. Oh, no, he's, he's there. Totally there. Um, oh, my God. T- so many takeaways because... I'm telling you again, he's, he's a super humble person, but he's on fire when he is performing and when he is with these kids. And I think so relatable because he just, he just walks the walk. He talks the talk. There's nothing that's phony. Um, and I think just the, the, the relevance of how he shows up because mm-hmm. One thing for sure is that it, being comfortable in your own skin is really hard for people. Being comfortable in as a performer in the community that he's in as a as a black person, and then yeah. also, you know, having such incredible roots, you know, he, he's really walking with so much karma that he he has the ability, and it shows with every single thing that uh, you know he does. So I, I want to, I will do the replay again as well. Um, on another note, though, I want to say thank you, Chris, for having me on your, as your co-host for the past three shows. This has just been a, a blast. And I know 
there's probably so many. I think you're booking in October, November. So maybe slide me in in December and we'll, we'll maybe pull off another couple of shows around around that time. So I love you. Thank you so much. Um, you're amazing. And of course, I also want everybody to, to purchase your book and read your book. Um, it's been a while since you've been working on it. And I'm so proud of you for actually getting this thing finally put together. Thank um, you. Yeah. So yeah, like birthing a baby through a garden hose, it's, uh, it's definitely been a labor of love. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the support. And you're welcome back on here anytime. Um, you're always a welcome joy in my life. And I just appreciate you and respect you so much. I love you so much and appreciate you so much. Um, guys, it has been an, an awesome show. We got Greg in the house. He says African polyrhythms. Yes, sir. Brother, appreciate you being here. Marlene, thank you for being here. I appreciate you. Jane McCormick. What's up, Jane in the house is great hey. show. I was just thinking about you the other day, Jane. That's pretty funny. You show up here. Jack LaRose says, love the show. It's always cool dudes and wonderful lady. Um, Robert says here, he says, it took me until 42 to become comfortable in my own skin. I go. hear you, brother. I mean, I think that's that's one of the things I really love about Dio is the fact you can feel the authenticity. You feel the congruency. You feel the vibrational frequency at what he's coming at. And that's hard for me to say because you know me, Patty. You've known me for a long time. Like I was not that person. But to sense and that to feel that, yeah, you got to believe, baby. You got, hey, you got it. Yay, you're wearing it. Yeah, um, you know, it, and and to, to to that's the thing that I subscribe to big time in my life for longevity is the fact that when you're just truly being who you are at your core and you're resonating with who you believe that you should be, no other, nobody else in the world can take your, your freedom and your happiness away from you when you're operating at your own core. And that's what I love about Dio and his music and his, and his, infectious, his infectious ways about him. Um, I just look forward to keeping in touch with him. Oh, for sure. Yeah. All right, my dear. Well, actually, for everybody who's going to be here next week with me, uh, next week is a solo show. So we're going to be uh, talking about uh, some really cool stuff. So I will I will let you guys uh, think about that for next week. But I'm actually going to be putting on a little bit of a master class. So bring something to write with. And, uh, and I'll be teaching you guys some things about life and attitudes and accomplishing your goals. Thank you guys all for being here. Be sure to go to noexcusescoach.com. Check out the stuff that's going on. Patty, thank you, my dear. I appreciate you. And uh, we will see you guys all next week here on the Ron and Scripted Show. And uh, take care of yourselves and take care of others. We love you guys. Love you. Bye.